Hey up everybody and welcome to Caffeination 532, at least I think it's the 532nd edition here at the Caffeination Podcast. We are having a great time, we're calling this the Tiny 3D Edition because there's not a whole lot of stuff to talk about, but we have some real life awesome things that we've been playing around with. Uh, a lot of stuff for Geeky this week, uh, we actually missed last week's episode, but we have a lot of stuff to catch up on, and we are going to try and give you the absolute best, top of the heap, cream of the crop, number one, and moving higher all the time. Uh, we have a bunch of fun stuff, so we're going to get right down to it. You are listening to the Caffeination Podcast. It's the high-octane world of caffeine culture and technology news. Any and everything that you see and hear can be found listed over lovingly nestled along with all of its episodic friends at www.caffination.com. There is uh, an easy way to get a hold of us if you have comments, feedback, suggestions. I am Paul. This is Steve. And you can reach me at paul at caffeination.com. Or if you want to reach me, it's at steve at caffeination.com. We like to keep it simple around here. We know that people don't have a whole lot of time to remember all kinds of other funky stuff. However, if you would like to leave a uh, voicemail, that's also a fun way to get it onto the show yourself. That's 215-240-1319. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. We have uh, RSS, iTunes, Zoom listings, Facebook fan pages, twitter.com slash caffeination, which is also where I happen to live. Uh, there's also a bunch of other fun stuff, so if you, anything else you can find find is all listed over at the website um it's been a pretty good week so far what do you think i think so all right so uh have you done anything geeky in the past two weeks other than a little more than gears of war not really okay now there's a couple of books that are coming out that i actually uh want to try to get into there's actually one that actually came to mind and i saw it it's called i forget the name of the uh, the author but it's called amped Mm. I don't know if you've seen it yet, or no, I haven't seen. But uh, I've read the, uh, I've I've read the, basically what it's about, and it actually sounded pretty good. Um, I forget the name of it. It'll come to me eventually. Okay, no worries. You can always write about it once you once you start reading it. Yeah, I'm kind of psyched to to hear and see more about Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I'm 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 iffy about that, you know. I'm a you know I'm always about Abraham Lincoln. I I thought he was one of the best presidents, but you know the whole vampire thing is just you know iffy for me. I, I yeah I don't know. I, I I really like some historical fiction, and the the crazier and the more kind of off the wall it gets, sometimes the better for me. Um, there's apparently a whole bunch of games not directly related to that, but there's games from a studio called Paradox. Where what they do is they have, like, inside their games, they're so history-driven that they actually have Wikipedia links to all the different people's bios that they're talking <laughs> about within the pay, within the game. I was like, that's neat. Yeah, that is neat. So, I mean, we might end up getting into some of that stuff on here, too. But nice. not, not today, but still. But uh, uh, if you want to, if you, if uh, the author of the book, Amped, is actually Daniel H. Wilson. It just came out uh, the 5th of uh, this year, so. You can get that on Kindle. Yeah, that's right. There you go. And I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to work my way through a couple of the uh, the more technical manuals that I have. But the big thing that we got to play around with this week, <laughs> that I got to play around with, and you got to see some of the fruits of the labor, is the 3D printer that we got in work. We got the Dimension Elite, this massive thing which takes a long time, but you feed files in one end, and out the other end come solid objects. Made out of ABS plastic, which is the same stuff Legos are made of. I got to tell you, it is really awesome. You've seen two of the things that we've made so far, the gargoyle right. and the um, 
The skull. The skull. And uh, the, the, we're, we're going to get to that more in just a, a second. Well, actually, no, we're, I think we're getting it now. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning all about the different world of, like, what it actually takes to do the 3D printing. And it's, it's kind of interesting. I know, I know enough 3D design and 3D uh, rendering and stuff like that. I know enough to work with those pieces to actually make things. I mean, I haven't – nothing that you see printed out is something that I designed the model for. I found them on Thingiverse which is where you can go for, uh, if you have a MakerBot or pretty much anything else, they have STL files that you can download, which is stereolithography for all you fun people out there. And uh, you can uh, learn all about those fun things there. I'd love to get a MakerBot here in, uh, at home. I need $1,750, and I will put a MakerBot in here, <laughs> and we will be able to print out fun cash and prizes. Well, not cash, but you'll give us cash, and we can, can give you prizes for being inside the caffeination layer. I think that would be really cool. But um, the, the one thing that I was really kind of amped to do, because after we printed out the skull, and it printed out a little bit larger than I thought it was going to, because I, I didn't, I thought I had scaled it down, and apparently I didn't, so it printed out the size of a human head. So uh, it was a little bit creepy, because in order for the, the Dimension Elite to work, it, it builds a structure. Imagine something being printed layer by layer and laying down tiny filaments of uh, plastic. So if it's going to build something and it's an overhang, so if like you're building, let's say, like a martini glass or something, it can't build plastic on top of nothingness. So what it does is it, it builds this other kind of plastic under there as like a support structure that holds it up. Right. So when you see in some of the pictures that we have linked up about the creepy stuff, all the, uh, the brown plastic that's all over it, that's all support structure that the uh, unit actually builds itself. The funniest part about it was that since we had all this support structure, the only way to get the other plastic off is to actually soak it in a, uh, a solution which contains like corrosive chemicals and stuff. So, And they all smell really bad. So when you put it in the bath, it, li- it sits in there for about five hours. So as you open up the lid to this thing and this nasty smell wafts out, all of a sudden you see like a skull bob to the surface. <laughs> and uh, the one professor I was working with said, you know, this is just really disturbing. The fact that you're laughing while you're fishing a skull out of a, uh, a bubbling cauldron is kind of a little bit disturbing. So <laughs> it looks pretty cool, though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's really light. And, of course, the first thing I did after I tried to, uh, I tried to drink coffee out of it, and let's just put it this way. Uh, I was unaware that it was uh, porous. So you pour the coffee in, and it pours itself right back out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it turned the whole skull brown for a little bit, so that was kind of fun. But uh, I rinsed it out really good, and apparently no liquids in the skull. So now we have to find other things to do with it. But <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to have some fun with this. I've, I've already uh, been, been playing around with it, and everybody's <laughs> just pretty much freaky, freaked out that I have it. So it's it's it's... It's it's doing its job. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that about wraps it up for that little uh, uh, foray into the digital <laughs> digital macabre. All right, let's move on to uh, this little piece that you found, uh, Signal to Noise, which is a time-lapse video of the uh, VLR, a uh, very large array radio telescope, uh, which is in uh, Socorro, uh, New Mexico. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Douglas Koch uh, basically made... Uh, a, a time lapse video uh, with music, and you know what? I'll tell you what. This is actually pretty catchy. It's an awesome video. Yeah, I, I love how it has like the Minority Report stuff flipping yeah. out, and like it tells you like if you watch it at high def, full screen. Did you try that? I didn't try it yet, 
but when you do that, like you can actually re- like it's telling you what all the different parts are. <laughs> it's like and when it does the thing where it like pulls out like different lines and filaments from like constellations and stuff, it's identifying the correct constellation. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely catchy. I, I'm hoping to. Uh, I'll probably watch it again later, just sitting around. <laughs> I, I really want to see. Like I love. I wanted to get a. Um, a, 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 just an image, a solid, silent image of the the like expanse of all the different radio telescopes, all the different satellite dishes pointed at the sky with the uh, what they had the Milky Way yeah. behind it. I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> There's another picture. Uh, there was a, a thing on Wikipedia about the sailing rocks. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, well, the, for those who are unaware what they are, they're these giant boulders in the middle of the playa, which is uh, uh, Spanish for beach. Uh, but it's in this middle of, like, uh, Death Valley, right? Right. And they move. Nobody knows how. There's a couple good guesses as to how they're they're doing it, but the the way that the, the conservation efforts to keep the, the playa untouched are that if during the wet season when these things apparently move, nobody's allowed there because if you were to step on it, you would leave a footprint. And they don't want that. Right. So nobody's allowed anywhere near them, so they have to do their <laughs> best thing. You can't even put, like, permanent installation. Uh, Instrumentation, but there's this really awesome picture of like one sailing stone in the middle, and then they have like the entirety of the Milky Way just illuminated in the sky behind it. It's gorgeous, and I I I, I don't know what, but it's like that that just kind of ignited something. I was like, oh man, I really need to get some of those images because I thought they were really cool. But yeah, signal to noise is awesome. All right, and then the next thing we found. A little bit late talking about Father's Day, and we actually uh, would apologize to the people who regularly come to the com because apparently for about a week and a half, we had the Star Wars origami thing up there, which is awesome, but anybody who wasn't logged in didn't see the episode and didn't see any of the new stuff. So when we were posting all the stuff that we're talking about today, it, it might have gotten under your radar. So we fixed it. All the people responsible have been sacked, and... Uh, the next thing that we have right here is a father, son, or father, daughter. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome apron set. <laughs> I'm not even one to use an apron when I'm grown. I just like to go out there and get my job done. You know, it's I, I don't need gear. I, <laughs> I, I, I like to have the proper utensils. It helps to have them so you don't burn all the hair off the back of your hand. But you know what? That, that's just what you pay for uh, you know, good eating. That's right. It's called seasoning, people. But uh, no, these are a Darth Vader robe with an attached uh, lightsaber for red, and then there's a, a Padawan of a Mini Luke. <laughs> so I thought this was pretty cool. And if Leia had ever actually been a Jedi, which I think there was some indication within some of the other uh, literature that she did have the indication where she could be one, she just wasn't trained. Huh. I think that would be a really cool. If they ever actually got around to doing a reboot of this, I'd like to see Leia as a little bit more like the you know, the badass. I, I really hope they don't because, you know what, they should just leave well enough alone. Uh, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't mind them doing the reboot of this because if you really think about it, watching them now, the dialogue is horrible. And, and it's so overdone and so cheesy with certain things. It, it's, it's an iconic film series, and I'd just like to see somebody else get a stab at it. It's like there's very few movies that I ever think are perfectly done. Like The Avengers, when you actually get a chance, it is a perfect movie. There's nothing I was dis- I was upset about during it. Like Lord of the Rings, I'd like to see somebody else try it someday. I mean, I love Lord of the Rings, but there's there's certain elements where I was like, okay, really? Liv Tyler, get out of my movie. 
But I mean, so that that's that's just one of those things where I'd really like to kind of see something like that. So the father son uh, uh, apron set's really cool. It's only forty six dollars uh, from over at Etsy. Uh, but it's just it's one of those awesome things where if you if you get a chance, you should probably try and pick it up. <laughs> All right, uh, the next little thing we got for you is talking a little bit about Microsoft Surface. Microsoft Surface is a new tablet that they've actually uh, put out there, which is actually really kind of neat. It is similar to the iPad, except it has a little bit of a uh, different design. For instance, on the uh, back end of it, there's a kickstand that comes out, and it's going to be running the full uh, Windows 8 Tablet Edition software, so there's, there's not a whole lot of stuff running for it yet, but they've decided Microsoft's actually kind of gone off on their own way, and they're doing the hardware. So if what they did with the Zune HD, which is something I, I kind of like had a little bit of techno lust for, I really wanted one of them. I just never got around to having that amount of money to actually buy it. So it's like I really kind of hope that the Microsoft Surface comes out comes out good and that it actually kind of takes off because I want somebody else to be able to push Apple to make better products. I want somebody else to kind of push the whole, you know, uh, genre forward a little bit. I mean, Apple, uh, you know, they came out, they kind of did what they were going to do. I know Google's going to be coming out with a tablet and Windows now has a tablet that's already out. And the best part is that the cover for it is actually a conducive keyboard, and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, there's actually a couple little funny jokes that have been out recently. The the one is, uh, 2002, Bill Gates introduces the tablet PC and no one cares. 2010, Steve Jobs introduces the iPad and the world uh, excretes upon itself like an excited dog. And then 2012, Steve Ballmer introduces the Surface and people claim that they stole the idea from Apple. That's pretty much how technology journalism goes. And then same thing with the next picture that we have, which is a a whole crowd of people gathered around the the new MacBook, which, by the way, has been dubbed one of the worst laptops to attempt to work on. You cannot replace the RAM on it. You cannot upgrade the RAM on it. You cannot change the hard drive. You cannot do anything to this thing. The the glass is actually physically bonded to the screen behind it, like to the stuff behind it. There's nothing you can do inside this laptop. And, and my my uh, Mac that's upstairs, did you know that that's nine years old? And it, it's, it's still chugging along like an absolute champ. I mean, my daughter dropped something on the keyboard about a year ago, and two of the keys came off, but... The rest of the thing still works, <laughs> and if you push the little spongy buttons, the whole they still work too. So uh, they, they have everybody kind of gathered around the new MacBook, and then they have uh, all the uh, the the early primates gathered around the uh, black obelisk from uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. So I think the one thing I liked about that picture was the fact that you had all these people with the little camera, and in the back right. You actually have somebody holding up an Apple iPad. <laughs> yeah, I hate when people take pictures with your iPad, like as if it's a professional device. I mean, the newest one's the only one that actually had the ability to take half-decent pictures, but come on. Yeah, I and just, do you see how they're all taking pictures with their iPhones? Yeah. On the right-hand side, and on the left, you have everybody with, like, the SLRs and everything. <laughs> I like the dude who's, like, right up on the glass with the with the telephoto <laughs> lens and you can see his little rolly backpack because yeah. apparently his you know his little uh, technologist body can't handle a backpack like a normal person yeah i i, I don't want to <laughs> i'm getting a little bit i'm getting a little bit angry yeah, <laughs> just looking can, at it that. that's why we don't cover this kind of stuff here in no. the Davination podcast we cover all the funny stuff the, the stuff that's off the beaten track you know why because the beaten track is rather well beaten and uh, we're gonna move off because that horse is also beaten 
Very nice. <laughs> Let's We're going to talk about dead horses in a little bit. So. Yeah, you're right. But uh, before that, why don't we uh, talk about uh, something that I, you know, as you said before the show, that's uh, I, for some reason I just get drawn into it. Uh, street art. Uh, what I'm talking about is uh, a collaboration of uh, between two French graffiti artists, Drop and Merlin, uh, came up with this beautiful work of art uh, called Galactica, Galactus Graffiti. Now, if you don't know who Galactus is, he is a uh, Marvel comic uh, villain. Uh, originally uh, started with the Fantastic Four, but he's more of an enemy towards uh, Silver Surfer. Am I correct? Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a good work of art. Yeah, they're calling it the Fresh Galactus, which is apparently um, French for... I butcher the language. Uh, no, it's apparently French for fresh, or it means like cool or something like that. We. Oui. <laughs> I like the word fresque. Makes me think of fresca, though, and that's that's a soda. That's slightly different. It's a different caffeination. That is. <laughs> All right. Well, I found out, by the way, there is a, a, another root word for caffeination. Affination is actually a word. If you drop the C, affination is actually the way that they used to ship sugar. This is completely off to the side. Is they used to dump like a giant pile of refined sugar, and then sugar crystals would form along the outside. So the affination process is where they would actually strip the crystals from the outside of the pile of sugar, and modern sugar refineries don't have to do that. Hmm. So affination is actually a word, but caffeination is not yet. So we're working on it. And now you know. And that was half the battle. Go, Go Joe. Joe. <laughs> Your girlfriend is even doing that. Yeah, you know that? I know. It's <laughs> it's catchy. Yeah. All right, moving right along to the next pretty thing. <laughs> uh, what we're talking about is beating, you know, dead Beat. horses here. <laughs> and uh, this is actually the uh, four rocking horses of the apocalypse. And uh, what I mean by that, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's, if I, if I get it right, famine. Uh, there you go. War, famine. Death and pestilence. Yes. Which uh, you also said was justice. Also known as justice. And uh, depending on the translation of the Bible or depending on the source material for your four horsemen. And even though they always list uh, death as the pale rider, Mm -hmm. pestilence is actually supposed to be the pale rider. There you go. So it's supposed to ride in on a white horse. I did not know. And death is usually the one. In fact, even the rocking horse. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of we- I like for a we went to a uh, uh, end of the world themed party uh, for New Year's Eve, and uh, both st- you know four of my friend or three of my friends and I dressed up as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I was pestilence. Uh, my friend Dave was uh, famine. My wife was war, and she used one of my swords. I was very proud of her. And uh, our friend Marianne was death. <laughs> and it worked out very well. Uh, some other person showed up and they were a slightly better war because they had armor. But, you know, that's all right. I should have just given Jen more weapons. That, that's, that's what it really comes down to. If we ever do that costume again, I'm digging into the closet for all of the bladed weapons that I had. And she's going to be festooned with weapons. It's going to be dangerous to drink with my, with my wife. That, that's what I want next time. Or she could be riding this awesome rocking horse. That's right. And uh, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a rocking horse for adults. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, I'll uh, tell you what—that's—I that, think that's the girl's name. Yeah, Karen Welsh. Uh, yeah, yeah. that—that's—that's that's just really, really neat. And the the picture that shows you know her on the on the rocking horse side, that <laughs> that looks uh, really nice. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it, it it is a very special night. 
I would uh, definitely uh, consider getting one of these. Yeah, I, I what the uh, the artist or the uh, rocking horse? Both. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, the coolest thing I saw about War is that it's actually made with a CNC machine. We got one of them at work too now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's actually made with a CNC machine. So if you look, it's actually layers and layers of plywood. What they did was they just carved a pattern out and then sandwiched them all together to make that effect. Right. I don't think that they did that with some of the other stuff because it looks a little bit too rounded out, but I could be wrong. It just looks really neat. Oh, yeah. All right, moving right along. I'm pretty enthused about this. Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1, Avengers Assembled. It is a 10-disc, six-movie collection for $150. You know what? If you really kind of calculate it out for like 20 bucks for each movie, it's a little expensive, but they're Blu-ray, they're high-definition, and it's, it's, it's right on par with what you would do to collect all those movies anyway. And it has an additional stuffses with it. Mm-hmm. So it has four extra discs of things, and it's just one of those things. I'm hoping it comes down a little bit, and I'm hoping I have some kind of disposable income to throw at it. But uh, we have a fun little story up there. I even like the uh, the image that they used. I'm partial to that kind of blue anyway, but still, it's just overall, it's just a very well-done image. Now, my, my question is, uh, which Hulk are they going to be putting in it? Which one do you think? Well, no, they're putting the Edward Norton Hulk in it. The Edward Norton? Yeah. Okay. Because... Um, that, that's the storyline that they continued within the Avengers, whether you believe it or not. And then even, there's not a lot of referential material back to that. Right. Um, but the cool thing is that in the next Hulk movie, it's going to be Mark Ruffalo, and it's going to be a continuation of his story as the Hulk. Okay, yeah, because uh, I remember the first one, Eric Bana, uh, oh, God, back in like 2000, I think like three or four. And yeah, that, I... You know, I, I thought it was an okay movie, but when Edward Norton did it, he was, like, spot on. He he did an I, excellent job. I got to tell you, when you see the Avengers, Mark Ruffalo demolishes Edward Norton's really? take on the Hulk. Like, Edward Norton, you're like, okay, wow, he's a dude who's beset by this problem. It almost looks like it's an accident. Mark Ruffalo sells the role that Bruce Banner is a genius. And that he has a sense of humor. The Hulk has a sense of humor in the movie. I mean, it and and there's there's little things like there's an image where Tony Stark and Mark Ruffalo or uh, Tony Stark and Bruce Banner are sitting there working on something. It was really early, so Tony Stark r- takes a pin and sticks Bruce Banner with it, and he goes, "Ow!" He turns around, and then Tony Stark stares at him. <laughs> To see if he's going to turn into the Hulk, <laughs> and it's like that kind of like quiet humor that's really cool, funny. But but there's like I've seen stills and stuff from the movie after the fact, mm-hmm. and like images where you see uh, Mark Ruffalo talking. If there's some th- kind of reflective surface around there, the Hulk is his reflection. I didn't pick up on that when I saw the movie. Oh wow! And I'm looking at it, going, "Oh my god, that is awesome!" And it's like the Hulk is looking on. Yeah. It's the opposite of him, and it is such a perfect, perfect. He has this the same big rivalry with Thor that he has in all the comic books, right? And it, it's just it's it's spot on. You need to see the movie. I'll definitely have to keep my eye out for it. All right, now the last little thing we got for you here is what. <laughs> The Breaking Bad Legos. Um, right. Neither of us have seen the movies. I think it's really funny that somebody made a meth lab out of Legos. It's actually a TV show. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Sorry. Well, I'm, I have not seen that. <laughs> All I know is it's the dad from um, Malcolm in the Middle. Right. And it's a really different role. 
But uh, yeah, it, everybody I know talks about it in a very uh, very reverential tones. They like it. But um, yeah, there's a meth lab, and it's made out of Legos. I think we're dumb with that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else you can say about it. All right, now. <sighs> are you ready? <laughs> I think I'm ready. You, you warmed up? You want to lube up the vocal cords uh, or anything? I'm, I'm good okay. to go. All right. With his ocarina in his hand, he's a bad, bad man. From the shores of Hyrule, we have our very own prince. Very nice. This is Steve's <laughs> world. <laughs> and uh, this week, I uh, figured we'll do something a little light, uh, something I love, and I know uh, a lot of adults love. Uh, Looney Tunes, just a couple of quick facts because I couldn't think of anything else. And uh, we'll start off with uh, Tweety Bird, who uh, first joined... Uh, you know, the whole cat and uh, mouse chase with uh, Sylvester in 1947. And uh, originally was not yellow or named Tweety. It was originally pink. And uh, the name was Orson. Orson? But, Orson. But it was the fact that a lot of people complained that uh, the bird looked naked. So they feathered it, turned it yellow, and called it Tweety. Okay. So, uh... Yeah, now you know. And the one that I, I actually found pretty uh, pretty neat to find out was um, one of my favorite cartoon uh, characters. Of course, you know, of every uh, everybody has uh, him is uh, Bugs Bunny. But there's one specific one uh, episode that I like is when he meets up with the big red monster for the first time. And uh, I did not know that it actually had a name. Its name is I'm going to butcher this as Gossamer. So. Really? Yeah. That's the, I'm going to love you and hug you and call you George? Right. Okay. <laughs> There's the, the woman who lives across the street from us named her hamster, George, because of that. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, That's the, the okay. actual so name was Gossamer. Gossamer, which is actually pretty neat. I want to name one of, one of my pets uh, Gossamer now. <laughs> yeah, it's also a kind of thread, right? I think so. Yeah, Gossamer's like um, spider silk or something like that. It's that kind of look. Yeah. And uh, finally, we're going to end with uh, actually my my number one uh, cartoon character of all time, Marvin the Martian, which I didn't know there was actually a Marvin the Martian song. I'm not I'm not going to sing it, but I'm just going to read it to you real quick. It's Twinkle Twinkle Planet Earth, how I wonder what you're worth. You'll be worthless when I'm through, zapping, blasting, crushing you. Twinkle Twinkle Planet Earth, how I wonder what you're worth. Teeny tiny spinning ball. Heads are big, but brains are small. I will strike your earthlings down. Ray guns being from town to town. Teeny tiny spinning ball. Heads are big, but brains are small. Twinkle, twinkle, do it fast. 30 seconds left to last. Ray guns ready, no more quirks. Now I'll wait and hope it works. Twinkle, twinkle, do it fast. 20 seconds left to last. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think you should have done that more along the lines of uh, William Shatner with the dramatic readings. I'll, ha- I'll have to start <laughs> to, doing it. You have to practice it. Twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> Twinkle, twinkle, little earth. <laughs> there you go. You could do that. Now see, that, that'll yeah, be another ha, ha, segment. We'll bring, in se- bring in sexy back with the voice there. I like how you dropped the register. That's with. right. <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, little earth. <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, planet earth. But I'll have to work on it. <clears throat> yes, I can't drop my register right now. I don't, I don't know what's wrong. I, I did it earlier. But all right. But that's it for Steve's World this week. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you very much for those educational facts. All right, moving right on into the food and caffeinated bits. 
coffee as an idea font. I, I got sent an email about this. This is a really cool video if you haven't had a chance yet. You should really check it out. It's by a gentleman by the name of Keith Becker. And it's basically a set in a, a, a world in which you get your ideas out of coffee. And that co by drinking coffee, you, you, are, you are allowed to create ideas. And what would happen if the companies found out that this was true and actually started limiting people's ideas and limiting people's access to ideas? So if you were an idea man, as the, uh, as the main character is in the, uh, in the movie, what would you do to get one good idea? It's like if you, if you had a little bit of stale Folgers, would that get you through? <laughs> A one good idea. I was like, that's such a cool idea. I mean, that overall, that concept yeah. is really kind of neat. And how, how cool would it be if that was kind of extrapolated out into a long-form movie? I love that. It just seems really neat. And, you know, I use coffee as a kind of a creative get-up-and-go juice. So I kind of hit home. I, thank goodness it's not actually true because, you know. <laughs> Folgers, what are you talking about? We only get the good stuff in this house. <laughs> All right, uh, moving right along to the next little thing, we have a wonderful pirate fire pit. Yar. Yeah, that's right, and uh, it's pretty much what it is. It's a big, gigantic pirate ship uh, used for a fire pit, and I, I have to say that that must be a real pain <laughs> when you got to, you know, disassemble that and put it away <laughs> yeah i mean what, what do you got to do like i mean if the wind changes do you have to move the sails i mean it looks really cool unfortunately nobody can find any information on who made this thing and yeah that there's there's all kinds of fun stuff that's strapped to it i'd like to see if you could put some uh I mean, in Boy Scouts, there's, there's a, a apocryphal piece of equipment that you send people out for. It's called a left-handed smoke shifter. And uh, you send the new kids uh, from campsite to campsite asking for the left-handed smoke shifter. Uh, various troops have actually created a left-handed smoke shifter to <laughs> give to the kids. So when they come, I'm looking for a left-handed smoke shifter. So, yeah, see, the senior patrol leader, he's a left-handed. And uh, when we're sitting there cooking at the fire and we're all sitting around there, you don't want the smoke blowing in everybody's eyes. So it's this box that sits on top of it and the handle, it's made for a left-handed person. Hmm. It, makes, it makes perfect sense. There's other things you can send somebody around for, like plaid paint a wood magnet and sky hook but they don't have the same kind of cachet associated with the left-handed smoke shifter so i'm wondering if we could get like a schooner like this i mean is, would this actually act as some sort of smoke shifting device or is it just awesome and i should stop talking about it i actually am uh, i think it's a little funny that you named it a schooner because uh, mall rats come to mind right away. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sailboat. A schooner is a sailboat. Yeah, exactly. Moving right along to the next thing here, because there's really nothing else we say. It's an awesome pirate ship. It has fire in it. We don't know who made it. If you know, send us a message at paul at caffeination.com. We're Steve at caffeination.com. Way to pick up on That's that. That's right. One. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, seasonal eating means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Sometimes it means people vary their diet depending on the, the time of the year to hopefully kind of jog the body's uh, natural memory, like, you know, really kind of dig back into the uh, prehistoric roots of your DNA and kind of make sure that your body is operating at peak efficiency. Other people are trying to eat local and they only want to eat things that are locally grown and they only want to eat things that are at the time of the year when those things that are locally grown are actually ripe and when you can actually get them. So, and they also want to kind of, when things are in season, they're less expensive. So, for instance, uh, there's three different charts that were actually put up there by uh, one designer. It's by, uh, I think, 
ChasingDelicious.com, the, the uh, designer associated with that. I can't remember the, neg- the man's name, but it has uh, spices, it has vegetables, and it has uh, fruit. And I really kind of uh, love the fact that these are up there. Uh, for instance, in the summer, now's the time to get mace and nutmeg, majorum and uh, oregano, and turmeric and lavender. Year-round, you get bay leaves, capers, which are disgusting. You should never put capers in anything. <laughs> Fennel, parsley, rosemary, and savory. I always I never really thought that f- savory was a spice. I always kind of thought it was a, more of a descriptive word. Yeah, you're still laughing about the capers. Yeah. They're disgusting. <laughs> They're little bags of salt and nastiness. And I like salt. They, they just, no. They need to go away. All right. Vegetables, for instance, says year-round you can get beets, broccoli, celery, chard, fennel. Again, well, come on. Is fennel a spice or is it a... Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Uh, garlic, garlic, ginger, greens, onions, potatoes, spinach, and sprouts. In the springtime, that's the time to have your asparagus and your cucumbers and zucchinis. Uh, I personally love a lot of the autumn stuff, the squashes and the pumpkins. I'm actually growing a pumpkin in my office right now. Nice. Uh, it's in, in a cat litter box that you know <laughs> I washed out, and I just took a tub of soil in with a pumpkin seed in there, and it's growing across the the windowsill. Wow. It's pretty freaky right <laughs> now. I actually have a lot of like reclaimed containers in my office right now that are growing fruit and vegetables. <laughs> and like the students come in, they look around, they're like, okay. <laughs> they probably back up real fast. Yeah, a little bit. So we got vegetables and we got fruit. It's all the same stuff, and it's done in a very beautiful fashion. So now, I want to uh, share the, it. The one thing that I don't uh, agree with is. Uh, yeah, they say dates, uh, you know, are prior to winter, and I think you can get them all year round. You can get all because we li- we live in a global economy. You can get almost all produce all year long, right? Because when we're in winter, the other side of the planet's in summer, right? So if you grow it done down there, are you trying to say dates are every day of the year? Are you are you talking about like the uh, miscongeniality? What describe your perfect date? April twenty fifth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I actually sent my wife a joke based on that. I said, it's the perfect day. It's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. And she didn't get it. That's the movie that I'm forced to watch. And she didn't get it. Oh, man. All right. Uh, I think we're done with that one. I'm done yeah. with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's movie quote night. That's right. I'm done with this guy. All right, moving right along. We got... Uh, we- <laughs> We got uh, grilling vegetables uh, with, honestly, to me, it looks like a hair clip. <laughs> and they're saying they're 15 bucks for four. Which, which uh, I would use a hair clip. <laughs> yeah, I would use a hair clip is right. Or what? I, it's a stainless, all it is is a stainless steel clip that honestly looks like a hair clip. And uh, it's supposed to make it easier to flip, you know, when you grill vegetables uh, it, all together. All together. It, it all makes together it easier now. to flip. But like I said, the first thing I noticed was it's a hair clip. Would you flip out? <laughs> you know, but I knew I knew this show could not go without a pun. <laughs> At least one pun, one pun, and then we run. That's right. Uh, but here, the the coffee related thing that I'm trying something new. It's actually working out pretty good. You've heard of iced coffee. I got coffee ice, but I got it the different ways. See, I haven't seen anybody do it this way. Is where you make all the co- the ice cubes with a concentrated coffee. And then you put water in the glass and you throw the ice cubes into it and it kind of seeps the coffee back into the water. It, it flavors it pretty strong right at the beginning and then it gives you a nice chill all the way through and you don't actually dilute your coffee because you already done did it. 
And it actually is turning out pretty good. I'm going to see if I can get some good pictures the next time I do it with a better batch of uh, coffee concentrate. We'll see how it turns out. But I just wanted to share it with the group so that everybody can kind of uh, you know ease into the weekend in a nice, cool fashion. That's right. And then the last thing that we got out there is the perfect portion made using a laser meat slicer. Yeah. Um... Does it cauterize the wound? Is it kind of is it kind of like a lightsaber? Is it, are you cutting something with a lightsaber? Yeah. And both you and I have worked in the meat rooms at different right. different supermarkets. I like the fact that there's a butcher back there actually working on it. Yeah. You know, he's doing like the best he can. Right. I mean, despite all the stuff that I've heard about prepackaged meat and meat glue and different you know putting different cuts of meat, it's like you can usually tell if something's not from the same cow. Let's put it that way. Especially when you open the cryo pack. But they had these things winging down the belt, and it's just like slicing them off like nobody's business. And it's like, hey, what do you want? I want seventy-five steaks. Boop. Yeah, it's just that just doesn't look like something you would actually want to use because there's no con- there's no quality control in it. Right. I mean, I mean, if you see like you know a certain part of the meat or a certain vein of the meat ending up a little bit different, you'd want to make sure that uh, you know, it kind of did what it had to do. So this is just weird. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of it. It's you know what, though? I don't think it's a laser cut because I can see the blade, so I think what it does is it measures it out and oh. then slices it and then well, cuts it. Then the whole article is ridiculous. Yeah. Never mind. I think we're done here. <laughs> done here. I'm done. I'm done with this guy. All right. I think that about wraps it up here today for the Caffeination Tiny 3D. And uh, we have a nice big picture of my... La- uh, my uh, 3D printed skull for, with the 30 seconds that it held coffee, and you can already see the stain underneath it. Right. And then uh, we do have one more bit of uh, information, our final thought for the day. Take it away, good sir. Yeah, uh, it's actually uh, on tour this year. It's the Star Wars Burlesque Show. And uh, there's a video over at uh, Vimeo.com. And let me just say, it is lovely. It is quite nice. There are a bunch of... One of the things that's not shown in the videos, there is actually a spindly-looking gentleman dressed as Han Solo. We don't need that. But, no, but there's there's a bunch of bunch of rather uh, nicely proportioned ladies, shall we say, dancing around in Star Wars-themed costumes. Yeah. I was surprised. This is the first time I've ever enjoyed an Ewok dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm pretty sure if they put a scantily clad woman dressed as Jar Jar Binks, he probably wouldn't be nearly as annoying. But yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, and, and I really agree with CC Chapman's comment on there. I was really kind of happy to see it wasn't just like a whole thing full of layers. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's, they really did show a lot of creativity. They have uh, they have the girl in the, the wampa suit, which is Steve's favorite. I would have to say that. They have Darth Vader, who is in, very nicely done. They have a couple Jedi's floating around. They have yeah. the Ewoks dancing. They have C three PO, which I thought was really well done. I didn't see R2, but, you know, then again, it would have to be a very short person, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, Boba Fett, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sand people were actually kind of pretty fun, too. So, I I wonder if you scared the sand chick, would she come back in greater numbers? (laughs) All right, that about wraps it up here today for Caffeination number 532. Uh, We will send you out on your way. Hopefully, you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening, and stay caffeinated.